Welcome to Jerusalem Studio Podcast. Join us to discuss the latest updates from Israel and the region. Shalom and welcome to Jerusalem Studio. I'm Mary Eisen sitting in for Jonathan Hessen. These days, the state of Israel is marking both the day of mourning, which at sundown morphs into a day of celebration, Memorial Day and Independence Day. At 75, the Jewish state has reached a maturity which allows us to take stock and to assess both its position, absolute and relative, to where it has been and where it wishes to go. So what are the strengths and the weaknesses in Israel's military and security situation? What are the chances, what are the challenges as it confronts the strategic outline close by on its borders, far away from them, and indeed within them? To survey this landscape, we are joined by retired Colonel Dr. Eran Lehrmann, co-host of TV7 Middle East Review, Powers and Play panelist, and the JISS Vice President and Editor-in-Chief of the Jerusalem Strategic Tribune. Hi, Eran. We're joined by Brigadier General in the Reserves, Doron Gavish, former Air Defense Chief of the Israeli Air Force. Hello, Doron. Hello. And of course, as always, as always, our own Amir Oren, TV7's editor-at-large. Amir, take us on this journey. Where are we going after 75 years? So, Miri, none of us here around this table have been present at the creation, least of all you, of course. <laughs> um, but uh, we uh, know full well that what uh, took place here, even in this city of Jerusalem, 75 years ago, was um, so risky. Israel was uh, at such peril. Its very existence was precarious. And from these meager beginnings, what we have now is at least a regional power there is, as we speak right now, no existential threat. Maybe it could develop down the road if Iran gets nuclear weapons or if some other nuclear power turns hostile. But right now, there is no real risk of um, either uh, destruction or an invasion of Israel. The general situation is um, uh, quite good. Sometimes you hear political and military leaders say that the security situation um, is um, uh, very risky. We have never, uh, at least in recent um, years, faced so many threats um, on so many fronts. But if one looks back in perspective, we have been through such difficult times in the 50s, in 1967, in 1973, and on other occasions that right now, as we are ending our day of mourning and starting our Independence Day, we can sit back and enjoy. So I'm not going to sit back and enjoy yes, just yet, but I am going to take us on that 75-year journey. So to start out with it, Emil said some very clear-cut issues in that sense that here we are, the state of Israel, and you said very clearly, no existential threat. Elan, I want you to first start with this one here. In that 75 years as we look at it, 
Is there no existential threat? Are we really in that sense a miracle 75 years on in? Should we start with that before we get to the problems? Well, first of all, the miracle is manifest. Um, whether it's as a divine or man-made is for everyone's preference to, uh, to assess. But a miracle, I want to echo what Amir just said. My, my mother was the wireless operator for the national, uh, the, the national Jewish institutions in Jerusalem, here, here in Jerusalem. And she, she's the one who got by most the text of the uh, Declaration of Independence as it was about to be announced in Tel Aviv. And I asked her, were you elated? I said, we didn't know if we would survive two weeks. Her best friends, uh, the, the communication uh, operators from Gush Etzion have just been slaughtered. Uh, um, the, my father was in the Jewish quarter. They were not married. My father was under siege in the Jewish quarter, which fell within a few weeks. This was really precarious. There were 600,000, 650,000 Jews here, many of them Holocaust survivors. And look at us now. Uh, one of the, by most reckonings, uh, one of the 10 most powerful military forces worldwide. One of the 10 most powerful, by most lists that I'm aware of. Just recently, I looked up where we are economically. According to a, well, we all are wary of Wikipedia, but it's a useful reference. We use it, all of us. All of us. <laughs> and uh, I mean, I, I tell my students not to, but you know, we, all, we all sin. Uh, for, for, for sim uh, to simplify matters. On the list of GDP per capita, uh, we have surpassed most European nations, most European nations, way above Japan, Britain, or even uh, France, or even Germany. Uh, it may be because the shekel is a strong... Maybe it's because of the Jewish capita. <laughs> <laughs> but, and, and this is in a country where, which is burdened, by two significant populations which do not contribute much to, to the uh, national product. So the miracle is, is, is really manifest. Um, the number of Jews here is more than 10 times. In 75 years, it's more than 10 times what it was. And we are about to become the, uh, the majority of, of Jews in the world. Uh, I actually think we've already passed yeah, that well, in that More sense. or less. Because the, the whole, there's whole the new discussion in America whether there are six or seven million. Uh, the rate of procreation is the highest, even among non-religious Israelis, the highest in the, uh, in the OECD, I think. So you get a sense, uh, so, so people, and, and, and most amazingly, given all our troubles, we are uh, among the five most happy nations in the world. Uh, and life expectancy. Uh, life expectancy is, is again, among all the right. first So five. here so we are. Miracles, miracles all over. 75 years. You talked about economic strength. You talked about the social strength that we're a happy nation. Um, we're going to continue and on go wherever you want in that sense. With that, let's stop for a moment and talk about that military strength. Mm -hmm. Here we are 75 years within our security challenges, and I'm looking and going, okay, so in our 75 years um, report card, as we're looking at ourselves backwards and then forwards, is our position now, we're that strong, we can handle everything, should we be worried? We've had stages along the way mm -hmm. where we felt very strong and we discovered that we weren't necessarily as strong as we 
thoughts. Should we be worried or should we be feeling very strong with ourselves? Yeah, I, I think it's, it's really, it's, it's a great question. And uh, I think first we have to be humble. And uh, we have to learn from, from the past because you were, you're, you're absolutely right that in the past that we were sure that we are very strong and uh, we found out that there are some things that uh, we didn't anticipate. So I think we should be humble. But we could also say that Israel is very strong. Again, it was mentioned by, by Amir from a military perspective. Uh, we have a very strong uh, military, very strong air force, infantry, armor, and, and so on, intelligence. Uh, cyber capability. So Israel, from from this sense, is really very strong. I'm going to add in in that transition from being state actors that were the main enemies of Israel, Egypt on the border, Jordan on the border into peace treaties, mm -hmm. into non-state actors and perhaps also ones that are further away, exactly. like Iran. So if you transition there. Exactly. And, and I think that if we're looking into the challenges and, and the trends, uh, we all understand that the main issue in our region is really Iran. And uh, we see the evolving threat uh, coming uh, from Iran. And uh, I think what is interesting to see is that um, we all are concentrated on weapon of mass discretion talking about Iran. But in the last 10 years, it's not only the issue of weapon of mass destruction, because we see that Iran is... Um, attacking Israel through the proxies uh, <clears throat> on a daily basis. We saw it from Lebanon, we see it from, uh, we see it, uh, from uh, Syria, we see the Iranian uh, state trying to penetrate uh, Syria and to be there, and uh, we see their presence. And of course, this is something that we are dealing with. So I think that uh, the terror challenge is, is probably greater than it was in the past. Uh, we see the missiles and rockets, uh, and we see the capabilities of the terror organizations around us. We also, uh, and you were the head of air defense in that sense, the amazing development that Israel did to protect itself against the incoming rockets in that sense with all of the different systems yeah, that were developed. You're right. What but, other country has that? You're right. But, but I would like to speak about the challenges. Let's go there. And, <laughs> and, and today, when we are looking uh, really on the challenges, so we, we have the terror coming from the Gaza Strip. The Hamas is there. Uh, the Hamas uh, is, I mean, lately he, we saw that he was, was even trying to hit Israel from uh, Lebanon and from Syria. This is uh, something new. So terror is very strongly there. Uh, of course, from uh, the Hezbollah. The Hezbollah is a terror organization, but in uh, military terms, it has uh, a, a military bigger than a lot of uh, even European states. So we are facing a very strong terrorist, um, I would say, organizations around us. This is one big challenge that we have. Of course, the challenge that we just mentioned before from Iran, weapon of mass destruction, this is something that we continuously uh, have to look at. We cannot allow ourselves weapon of mass destruction as our enemies. And well, if you look back, it's really amazing that uh, a mere three years after the end of World War II, the state of Israel uh, was born. It's called putting that into perspective. We right. kind of forget yeah. the time period that it took place. Of course, it had to do with global developments, uh, the, um, the fact that Great Britain was no longer a dominant Great. power. Yeah, <laughs> yes, well, at that time, United Sorry, Kingdom, Gregory, yeah. in any event. Um, for the first 19 years of Israel's existence, which now is uh, approximately one quarter of uh, our life so far, Israel rightly lived under siege mentality. 
not only because of the proximity of the Holocaust, but because Israel was surrounded except for the maritime domain by hostile uh, neighbors. Now, the basic task of the Israeli Defense Forces is obviously the protection of the state and the population. But the added value is being able to convert military victories into peace agreements. And peace with Egypt in return for the territory Israel captured from it uh, in 1967, even though peace itself came only a decade later, this is the greatest strategic achievement of Israel ever. So when we're talking about 75 years, we have a tendency to forget and we need to remind ourselves that we've had an active peace treaty with the enormous country, 105 million people of Egypt, that that peace treaty itself has gone through wars that Israel has had both against Palestinians and against Hezbollah and against the Hamas and against Syria for that matter. Not, not only that, but um, because Egypt was the leading Arab military power, Iraq was a close second. Once Egypt took itself out of the councils of war of the Arabs, there was actually no Eastern Front either. So if we go in that sense to that security arena and say what an achievement of the 75 years, Iran, when we look into our next, I'm going to go on the next 25 years. I like the rounded number of up to 100. But if we're looking at that, that one achievement of that enormous peace treaty and, and the additional achievement of the peace treaty, certainly with Jordan, but also with the Gulf countries, with Morocco, where do we want to go for Israel on that international security arena? What should be our next achievement in that sense? for us to look forward? Well, clearly um, on the assumption that uh, Iran will be dealt with one way or the other, that it will not be allowed to become the dominant player in the region, and that the other significant power uh, to our north, namely Turkey, uh, will remain, let's say, on, on speaking terms with us, not necessarily a friendly country, but uh, one with which we, have, we do business, uh, uh, we can continue to thrive in the context of an Arab world which is very much internally divided. Egypt needs us, and the main, and, and Jordan does, although they, they gnash their teeth, they don't like us in Jordan, but they need us. And the key achievement after the Abraham Accords of uh, 2020 is going to be, of course, a breakthrough with Saudi Arabia. So in that sense, it's looking at it, at Israel being in the Middle East, but not part of the Middle East, into Israel and its 75 years have transitioned from being the thorn in the middle of the Middle East to actually being at the center of the Middle East. And if, you want if, to add if the, middle, if the middle East is the right term. I, I, okay. I keep saying I like the that. Middle East is a, uh, as a term, is a colonial relic. Absolutely from the, agree. From when the time it was halfway to the Far East. Now, no, no one would dare call China today far from anything. It's the center of the universe to the Chinese. They have no other Middle name. Kingdom. The Middle Kingdom. They have no other name for the country, right? Um, in, but uh, I, um, Israel has become an Eastern Mediterranean power. And uh, the relationship is Greece and Cyprus and Egypt. And Turkey. And uh, With all its whether limits. or not Turkey would choose to become like-minded and fit in is a major question looking towards the future. But even before we have a breakthrough with Saudi Arabia, we already have uh, indications of where things are going. Um, 
not just 50 years ago, 75 years ago, 10 years ago, and none of the big sisters, the oil, the, the huge international oil companies, would touch Israel with a 10-foot pole. There's none of them markets in Israel under their name as they do everywhere else in the world. But today you have Chevron here, BP, and the Emirates have just bought a huge chunk of the Israeli uh, uh, gas uh, The gas companies. Concessions. So, so um, the world has adjusted to the idea that Israelis and Arabs are not, and uh, this is not a zero-sum game anymore. So when we look at it in that sense of 75 years and we talk about this as an achievement and we're sitting here, I need for a moment for us to look at what those challenges are going to be. Dawn, you were starting with that before. Yeah. And we need to also stay realistic. What are our realistic challenges as we step as a, as a regional power, as one that has transitioned into these different types of relationships? So what are our big challenges looking right now to the future? Uh, okay, I would like to answer it, but I would like to add something to the discussion that we Go had for before uh, about the um, defense strategy and the, where Israel is. And I think it's very, very important to mention the relations that we have with the United States. I mean, along those years, uh, people today look at it as something which is obvious. It is not obvious at all. The relations, the super close relations that Israel have here in the, in the Middle East with the United States, this is a huge defense and, uh, and strategic uh, advantage that we have uh, as, a, as a nation. I'm saying that it's not trivial because Amir was talking about the first 20 years of Israel. The first 20 years of Israel, our, um, our relations was uh, with, the, with France, not with Israel. The Six Days War was won by the Mirage uh, uh, airplanes and not uh, by the Phantoms or F-16s like it is uh, today. So I think this is this is a huge uh, change that happened. This is uh, super important for the for the defense of Israel, for from a strategic uh, point of view, and this is also looking into the future. And uh, but once again, before going into the future, let's talk about the present. What happened lately is that Israel shifted uh, from working with the UCOM the European command to uh, to CENTCOM. Well, that kind of fits into what we were talking exactly. about. Exactly. And this fits to where we are looking in, from a defense point of view, where we are looking into the into the future, which I think this is really something very important. From the, so from the alliance point of view, being part of the, of this organization within the military, I would say, organization within the, the Middle East, if I may, uh, with the United Eastern States. Mediterranean. Yeah, Eastern Mediterranean. Yeah, Eastern Mediterranean. Uh, Eastern Mediterranean. is Middle Yeah, exactly. So uh, um, uh, with, with the CENCOM and the Arab countries, I think this is really where we should look uh, into the future, see how do we work together uh, from the defense point of view. And now we are focusing on the defense uh, point of view. The Abraham Accord that was signed here, again, with the help of the United States, uh, this is a, a huge opportunity for us uh, to the future. From, so from the defense point of view, I think we should have more and more alliance with the countries uh, around us, countries in the Gulf start, it, uh, Gulf, uh, in the Gulf, it was mentioned, of course, uh, Saudi and, and so on. And Iran, I think that, uh, unfortunately, I, I don't think that they are going to disappear. I don't think that the threat is going to disappear. So this is also something that would be with us uh, probably for, for the next years. And, and this is probably also the main challenge from a defense point of view 
for the next coming years. So there's always that aspect that all four of us very much come from <clears throat> military-type backgrounds, military correspondence, and we immediately go into the security realm. But I'm not yeah. going to let us get away from this. It is real at 75 to not talk about, in that sense, where we are and are going into the future as a country. Iran, you mentioned before that we are tenfold in the amount of Jews that were here from 1948. We are a booming economy. We're a country that, in its own way, is considered to be very happy worldwide. Amir, what do you think of this in that sense, 75 years and looking into the future? Because we are in challenging times specifically now. In a way, it's too good to be true because <laughs> the country has uh, become uh, complacent and uh, does not strive for some vision, for some um, goal um, which it should try uh, to achieve. Um, I would argue that um, Israel's main uh, incursions into the area, positively speaking, uh, regarding what Doron uh, just mentioned, came not because of its gains, but because of its withdrawals. The fact that Israel withdrew from the Sinai, then withdrew from South Lebanon, took its uh, settlements out of Gaza, and built a fence on its eastern boundary, the so-called Green Line, placated the Arab world. Now, the Arab world was never really one uh, piece of territory against Israel. Um, the 1948 war, at least the second half, not Israelis against Palestinians, against the locals, but the seven uh, Arab nations, so-called, um, invading Israel did it because they fought among themselves. Each wanted a piece of the territory. So um, there was this notion, this popular notion, uh, this myth that Israel is bent on expansion. And the fact that Israel stopped expanding and even went back gave the neighborhood the idea that Israel is fine with what it has right now. But Israel, up to now, has not made enough use of that in order to reach peace and tranquility with Syria, with the Palestinians and others. And it can, but it will take perhaps another generation or so. Amir, you're taking us into a different realm in that sense, because you're looking both at what Israel needs to do and not just looking at what the way outer forces look at us. I'm going to argue and push back a bit. I do think that there's a change that happened that is a strategic change, which is accepting our existence. Mm -hmm. And I don't see it as just necessarily being about both withdrawal and changes that have to do with territories, but actually in our strength. And a lot of the things that come out when we talk about us, we're kind of embarrassed by our strength a lot of the time, but we are strong. And I think that we've all brought that here to the table. And I say that because I want to think of this right now in the 75 years. So we're strong, even though we're kind of embarrassed by it. That strength to me has brought about an acknowledgement of our existence. That doesn't mean they like us. That doesn't mean that they want to be with us. And yet our existence and our strength. They're they don't like each other either. That's also true. And it is the neighborhood that we live in. Remember, and I'm going to say in that sense. King Hussein used to say, 
Ah, I envy you. You're surrounded by enemies. We are surrounded by friends. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'm going to take that term right now, Iran, because as I look at that right now and I go, so look at these achievements. It's quite amazing in the different ways, and we have different ways of looking at these achievements. But as I look forward and go, okay, so we're now more of a member of the area that we live in. We're here and we're acknowledged. We exist and we're here. Where does that look into the future in that sense? Not just specifically security-wise, but where should we be looking as part of this neighborhood into the future? The, the key, clear, you know, it was 100 years ago uh, this year that uh, one of the visionary leaders of the Zionist movement, Zev Jabotinsky, wrote uh, in Russian an essay he called The Iron Wall. And he said, when we build, and we or whoever builds for us an iron wall that will persuade our neighbors that we are not going to be eradicated, that's when we would have a chance of peace. For much of the region, this is there already, where it is yet to be built on one sense, but also where we should translate our achievement or our victory into what Churchill called magnanimity is with the Palestinians. Um, where they still think that Israel can be undermined not by a military invasion, invasion but from within, in terms of uh, what kind of a country it will be and what kind of relationship it will have with them and therefore with the world. So essentially where we are in that 75 years as we get to our last round around is we need to address the Israeli-Palestinian issue in the face. 75 years, Israel is a thriving, strong, um, regional power in the Middle East. The Palestinians, not. For a moment, just here towards the end, to think of ourselves within that 75 years, how do you view this right now? Amir, we'll go along for our last comments on the Israeli-Palestinian Well, obviously, it's security first. Israel must always uh, be on guard, lest it be undermined by... um, weapons of mass destruction, or existential threats. But having said that, it should be peace and security. Security as going as the uh, basic level, which enables the country to go to a higher level of having peace with the entire region. Amazing. I think that, um, you know, for, for the future, when we are all talking about uh, defense and security and, and so on, but we need to go to the next step, which is economical, strong economical relations with our neighbors, hopefully even culture relations. I mean, we really have to open this uh, scope of relations uh, with them. And I, I cannot ignore the situation that we are here in Israel, the most I would say that the main challenge that we really have here in Israel is to make sure that within Israel, in our inner politics and the the way that we live here together, we have to find the right way of uh, doing it, looking next to to the next 75 years. You would know this from the uh, heat generated by Israeli political debates, but I believe that the majority of Israelis uh, cannot and will not accept a one-state solution. Therefore, they ultimately accept the idea of some kind of partition, but not on Palestinian terms, not on the territorial terms, and not including the right of return, which for the Palestinians remains uppermost. So it will take time, but it will happen. So here we are. Domestically, we seem to be doing okay. Economically, a power in the region, still a lot of challenges to come. 
I want to thank all of my panelists for a fascinating discussion. I want to thank you. Join us again on Jerusalem Studio. Shalom from Jerusalem. Thank you for joining us in another Jerusalem Studio podcast. For more content on Israel and its region, we invite you to visit our website at tv7israelnews.com and follow us on social media.